return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. As he comes to share today, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Dave. Uh, It's actually been... It's actually been 17 years uh, since I've been here, uh, here in Brookings. It doesn't seem possible uh, that uh, I have a 20-year uh, reunion in three yeah. years here. So I'm just glad to be here, you know, glad <clears throat> to be in a place that yeah. preaches the Word and to be a part of Amen. a place that preaches the Word. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's one thing that was really... Amazing, you know, when I when I went from uh, high school from Appleton to here, my mom called churches around the area, and uh, and called this one, spoke to Pastor Kevin, I think, and uh, just it was uh, seemed like a fit, so I came, and this is the first church I came to. This is the only church I came to, and I'm so glad that I did. Amen. And then uh, I just want to acknowledge the family in the back here uh, from Appleton. Uh, uh, Chad and Cindy Silty, uh, Ross and Mitchell as well. Ross and Mitchell attended SDSU, and they were my youth leaders back in Appleton. And so, yeah, have them wave. Let's uh, right there. Youth leaders in Appleton. And so uh, they might be able to take credit for some of what I say tonight uh, today. Um, but glad that glad that they're here. Glad all, all you guys are here. You know, I mean, it's a great time to be alive. Hallelujah. David said, I was glad when I went into the house of the Lord. Amen. So we can be glad to be here. Praise you, Jesus. But first, let's stand. Amen. We're going to continue to do this. Raise your Bible. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This morning we're going to talk about uh, seeking the Lord. Amen. We're going to title it, Those Who Diligently Seek Him. And, you know, just reading and, uh, and just going through some things, especially in Hebrew, uh, Hebrews talks a lot about uh, seeking Him, seeking the Lord. It, you know, a lot of people attribute Hebrews, um, the, the 11th chapter to faith, you know, the heroes of faith. And so we're going to start in Hebrews 11.6. And the Bible says, without faith... It's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So this faith that we have, um, first, it comes to we need to believe that God is, amen, that he is in our life, that he is the creator, amen, that he is 
the one that made the universe. Amen. But then it says that we need to believe that he is a rewarder. Amen. Of those who diligently seek him. I think I'm getting some feedback. I sat right here. I don't know. Um, but he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And, and yes, he rewards us, but it says that when we diligently seek him, that's when the reward comes. Amen. And so we want to make sure that we're not just going through life, um, saying, you know, saying, I'm just a Christian. Hallelujah. That, that's good. But we also want to diligently seek the Lord. Amen. That's the relationship that he wants with us. And, you know, I looked up, what does it mean to diligently seek him? Well, diligently, to be diligent means to uh, have a constant effort of being attentive and persistent in doing anything. Okay, so if, if you're persistent, if you're making a constant effort, it means you're being diligent. Amen? So if, if somebody's uh, goal is to play professional sports, maybe professional basketball, they're going to be diligent to get to the gym every day, right? They're going to be diligent to practice. They're going to be diligent to do the things that are going to make them successful. <clears throat> and then the word seek is just the Greek word um, exatheo, to search for, to seek the favor of God, to worship him. Amen. So when we're worshiping the Lord, we're actually seeking him. Amen. That's why it's, it's hard to come to a worship service um, and keep your hands down and not really be engaged because what are you not? you're not seeking him. Amen. But when we're worshiping him, the Bible says that we're seeking him. Amen. And when I say seeking him or when I say search for him, it doesn't mean that we don't know where he is because we know that he's on the inside of us. Amen. We know that he's at the right hand of the father. Amen. But uh, I mean that we want to be always getting to know him better. Amen. We always want to seek. We're not seeking him. We're seeking a relationship with him. You've heard it said before that that being a Christian isn't a religion. It's a relationship. Amen. So when we seek God, it's not out of obligation or anything like that, but it's because we want to be closer to him. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> We're going to be persistent. So to diligently seek means that we give a constant effort of persistency to search for him, to, to be closer to him. One of the definitions of seek was to worship. You know, when we worship Jesus, we're actually searching for him. We're actually seeking him. We're actually, uh, the Bible says that we enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Amen. That's where he resides. Amen. He resides in his courts. Amen. And, and the great thing about the new covenant, as opposed to the old covenant, is that his courts can be anywhere. So whenever we're praising him, whenever we're reading Whenever we're uh, praying, whatever we're doing, and we're seeking Him and we're in His presence, hallelujah, He is there. His courts are there. Amen. The Bible talks about how we want to do everything as unto the Lord, right? Under the glory of the Lord. So if we're doing something in the name of Jesus, it can be something small, it can be something big. We're entering His courts. We're praising Him. We're giving Him glory, right? And so... We want to make sure that we're actively seeking him. Some people see God as this far off, untouchable being. What James 4 it says, when we draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Amen. When we draw near to him, when we want to have a relationship with him, he's, he's right there for us. Amen. But the Holy Spirit, the Lord's a gentleman. He's not going to push himself on you. He's not going to uh, make you worship him. He's not going to make you seek him. Amen. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what the Holy Spirit does in his role 
in this relationship? Because in a relationship, there's always two sides, isn't there? Uh, a one-sided relationship really isn't a relationship. I mean, if you'd, if you'd ask any counselor, if you'd ask any uh, uh, psychologist, anybody, they would say that if only one person's putting effort into a relationship, it's a bad relationship. Amen. And so we know that God always puts his effort in. He always is available to us, but we want to be available to him. Amen. We want to do our part in our relationship with him. We don't want to be afraid to be vulnerable with God. Just like with Angela and with my spouse, I'm not afraid to be vulnerable with her. She knows who I am. She knows uh, if I have any fears or if I have any weaknesses. She knows my strength, my victories. She knows my past, right? She knows all the vulnerable, vulnerable intricacies and, and, and things of my life. And so with God, we want to be vulnerable with him. One, because he already knows your past. Amen. He loves you anyways. He knows your thoughts. He knows your actions. Amen. So we can be vulnerable with him because he knows and loves you and accepts you no matter what. So when we draw near to God, we're turning our thoughts towards him. Amen. If I'm, you know, and I do this sometimes, Angela and I are talking and she's trying to say something to me and I'm on my phone. My thoughts aren't towards her, are they? My thoughts are on my phone. But if I'm focusing on her, my thoughts are towards her. I'm communicating with her, amen? So we want our thoughts to be on God. We want our thoughts to be on Jesus. Praise the Lord. When we put our thoughts toward him, we're saying, I want to be acquainted with you. I want to be recognized as uh, somebody who's with you. Amen. The Bible says that we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's the power for salvation to those who believe. Amen. We don't want to be ashamed of our relationship with Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Especially, you know, for some of some of you young, young people in here, um, you don't want to be ashamed uh, to say, oh, I'm a Christian. You don't want to be ashamed in school to say, hey, uh, I love Jesus. Amen. You don't want to be ashamed to say, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go out and drink because I love Jesus. Amen. Seems like a, a simple thing, and we can say, I'm not ashamed, but our actions will show it, won't they? Our actions will show if we're really ashamed to be identified with him or if we're, or if we're too cool to do that and just maybe in our private time to say, oh, I'm a Christian, I love the Lord. But then going out and showing that, hey, I have this relationship with Jesus. Amen? And we always want people to know that we have a relationship. We always want people to know that we're more than, we're, we're, it's more than just a religion to us. Amen? Because even in, you know, in the Old Testament, the Jews... They had a religion with, G, with God, right? They had this religion, Judaism. It was their nationality, but it was also their religion. Amen. We've talked about before how in the Old Testament there were offerings and sacrifices for sins committed that you didn't have to feel sorry about. It was just a covering of the sin that you committed, but you could, you could feel totally justified in that sin, but as long as you made this offering or this sacrifice, it was okay because that was the law, Right? But a relationship means that not only do we uh, obey the Lord because we should, but because we want to. Amen. Amen. We turn from sin because we want to, because we want to follow after him, not just because we know we should. Right. And the more we we're going to talk about seeking him, the more we seek him and diligently seek him, the more you're going to want to turn away from those things. So we want to be identified as being close. We want to be. Uh, not ashamed of identifying with the Lord. You know, you, you become who you hang out with. 
right? It goes with, with uh, relationships just on earth. You become who you hang out with. If you're going to hang out with people that, that um, influ- influence you in a bad way, you're going to start to be influenced that way. The flesh is strong, isn't it? I mean, the Bible says that the, the spirit and the flesh are always warring against each other. I mean, we could either walk in the spirit or we can walk in the flesh. There's no middle ground, right? We're either walking in the flesh or we're walking in the spirit. And so we want to be able to say, Lord, I identify with you being close to you as your friend, Jesus as your brother. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So when we hang out with, when we fellowship with, when we spend time with Jesus, we're going to become more and more like him. This is a, this is a, a simple message. This is this, uh, man, just seeking the Lord. Amen. Yes, amen. amen. This isn't a message about um, just being a Christian, but how far do you want to take your relationship with the Lord? How far do you want to go? How much do you want to be uh, blessed on earth? How much do you desire to be with him in heaven? John seventeen fourteen. let's go there quick. Jesus is, talk, is, is praying, he's praying for his disciples. And he says, I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because they're not of the world. Just as I'm not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They're not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. So we're in the world, right? Jesus says in verse 18 for his disciples that he sent them into the world. But it wasn't just his disciples, right? He sent us into the world too. Because in, in, at the end of Matthew, what does he say? When he commissions the disciples, he said, go into all the world. I want you to go into all the world. And that wasn't just for the disciples. That was for all believers. Amen. To go into all the world, to preach the gospel to every nation. Praise the Lord. So we've been commissioned to go into the world. And, uh, but then verse 14 says that we're not of the world, right? So we go into the world, but we're not of the world. And so what, what are we of if we're not of the world? Well, we're of Jesus. Remember in Genesis when he said, um, let us make man out of our own image and out of our own likeness. Amen. And so we're out of Jesus. We know Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. So our, our citizenship, Pastor Dave said this before, our citizenship first is in heaven. Amen. So we're not of this world. We're of heaven. We're heavenly. Our spirits, when we pass away, when we know Jesus, our spirits are going to go to heaven. Right? So that's our citizenship. Hebrews 11.13 says, Talking about the heroes of faith, that they all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them from far off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed them. They were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. So they knew that, they, that there was something, uh, that they didn't belong here in a sense that this wasn't their permanent home. All these heroes of faith, they confessed that they were strangers, they were pilgrims on the earth. They were here for a short time. Amen. When you're a stranger, uh, you don't fit in. Okay? So as Christians, we don't, we're not going to fit into the world. We're not going to fit in with different, the worldly agendas. We're not going to fit in with the things that are going on that are contrary to the gospel. Verse 14 says, For those 
who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind the country which they had come from, they would have had the opportunity to return. Remember, Paul says, I, uh, I don't look at the things behind me, but I look forward, I press towards the mark. Amen. So all these heroes of faith, it talks about how they didn't look behind. They didn't pay any attention to the country they came out of. Amen. And, and a lot of, uh, you know, think of, uh, of Abraham. He was in a country and he, the Lord called him out of the country. Amen. Called him out um, into this heavenly realm. Amen. And that's what he's called us to be. I mean, he's called us out from the world to go back into the world to preach, but into this heavenly citizenship that we have. The reason we don't identify with the world is because we're strangers in the world. Verse 16 says, But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So, I would say, don't go back, go higher. Amen. Amen. Don't go back to the former things, but go higher to the heavenly things. Amen. The heroes of faith knew they weren't of the world. They knew that that this wasn't their final destination. Amen. They knew they were here for a short time. And we can do the same thing. We can know that we're here for a short time, but have an impact for the Lord. Amen. They knew there was a better home for them, so they desired to be there. All of us, if you love Jesus, you de- we desire to be with him, don't we? Yes. I don't want to be there too early, but we desire to be with him. It's, ex- it's exciting to think about. I love thinking about my home in heaven. Amen. But we have jobs to do here. Remember in Genesis 2, or in Genesis as well, God told uh, Adam, he said, I want you to subdue the earth, to have dominion over the earth. He gave him a job. He gave him uh, a garden to tend. Well, he's given us a job, amen? He's given us jobs, spiritual jobs here on earth. We have jobs. We have places we go to work, to make money, um, to live. We have families and different things. But we have spiritual jobs on earth as well, amen? And there might be uh, a niche that you're in or a job that you're in that you're the only one at this moment that can have an impact on that job. We have a purpose, don't we? We have a purpose on this earth. We have a purpose to live for Jesus. We have a purpose to, the Bible says that the fields are white for the harvest. What did, what did they pray? What did Jesus pray? I pray that you send out laborers. Amen. And I've studied that out before. And uh, that when he said send out, it actually means to forcefully push out laborers uh, for him. Sometimes we need to be pushed out to, to labor for him. Amen. The guiding of the Holy Spirit to help us, help us labor for Him, help us uh, uh, reap the harvest. There's always a harvest, isn't there? There's always a harvest going on. We can reap the harvest for Him. Amen. So it's important to continue to seek the Lord in our life. We want to constantly be in communication with the Lord while He prepares our home in heaven. It's easy to give into our flesh to do other things, but verse 16 says, God is not ashamed to be called our God. Even when we mess up or we want to spend time doing other things, He still wants that relationship with us. Amen. Amen. He still wants us to have a relationship with Him. He still wants that closeness with Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Praise the Lord. Revelations 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and dine with him and he with me. And now, remember in Revelations 3, he's talking to the lukewarm church, isn't he? And he's saying, and he, he, he goes through uh, what he wants to see from them, but then he says, at the end he says, Behold, I, st- I stand at the door and knock. Maybe you feel lukewarm today. Maybe you feel like you're kind of in and out of a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you feel like, um, you know, at home you're, you're on fire for the Lord, but out in the world you're not really. Well, he's standing right now at the door and he's knocking on your heart. And he continues to knock. And he says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, he's going to come in. He's going to eat with you. He's going to dine with you. He's going to uh, be with you and you're going to be with him. Amen. So this, again, this message isn't just about being a Christian. It's about seeking a relationship with him. It's about constantly wanting to go further and higher with Jesus. Even right now, um, he's knocking at the door of your heart. Sometimes maybe you feel like, well, I've, you know, I'm, I'm so busy. I have all these things to do um, that uh, I want to fellowship with him. I really do, but I have all these other things, all these pressing things. And I understand. We have, we have four kids. We have a dog. You know, we have responsibilities at the church. We have responsibilities. You know, I'm, I'm uh, head of the Brookings Basketball Association, the president of that. So I have responsibilities there. Um, you know, we have sports to attend for the kids. We, I mean, we're busy, aren't we? We're all busy, right? We're all busy. There's a lot to think about. You're trying to be a good parent. You're trying to be a good spouse, right? We're thinking, what, what should take precedence? How do I do everything at once, right? How do I work on everything at the same time? I feel like once my parenting skills get better, my spousal skills get worse. How can, I, how can I do everything at once? You know, really when, when, the, when you feel busy like that, and when you feel like you can't do everything, that's actually a lie from the devil. He's lying to you. Amen. Let's go to Matthew 6.33. Whenever the devil tries to tell you that, that you don't have time for Jesus, think of this scripture. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, that'd be great if it just stopped there, but it says, and all these things, everything that you're worrying about, everything that you're trying to be better at, everything you're trying to be good at, all those things will be added unto you. But what do we do first? We seek first the kingdom. There's not a second. He doesn't say, do this first and second, do this. No, he just says, seek the kingdom. Seek the kingdom. Spend time with me. Build your relationship with me. You want to be a good parent? You want to be a good spouse? You want to get all the chores done in the house that you need to do? Spend time with Jesus first. Amen? Spend time with Jesus. He's going to help you. He's going to give you, actually he's giving you the tools. He's going to help you use the tools to be a good parent. He's going to help you use the tools that he's given you to be a good spouse. A responsible house cleaner. Man, that's one I struggle with a little bit. My wife could tell you that. But he'll give you those tools, amen? Amen. We worry about so many things that if we just seek him first, we wouldn't have to worry about it. Why? Because you emulate who you hang out with. Amen? It's really amazing every time, you know, when I do spend time with the Lord, especially in the mornings, 
Um, I feel like the rest of my day, I feel like I'm a, I'm a better parent. I feel like I'm a better spouse. I feel like I have more energy to do things that need to get done. All because I'm just spending time with the one who invented parenting. I'm spending time with the one who invented marriage. Amen. I doubt Jesus was a slob uh, when he was on the earth. God obviously wasn't. I mean, you think about the intricacies, you know, for just a few degrees uh, tilted uh, or closer to the sun, we burn up. If we're just a few degrees away, further away from the sun, we freeze. Amen. God was a, a pastor Dave always says, God was a planner. Amen. He, uh, he, he wasn't sloppy. He didn't say, oh, shoot, I should have moved the earth another degree away. No, we're in a perfect spot for life to be here on this planet, aren't we? So, we spend time with the one who created these things. We spend time with the creator. We spend time with the Holy Spirit who knows everything about everything. Amen. Pastor Dave told a story how he was full of the Holy Spirit at Perkins and their, and their vacuum cleaner quit working. And, uh, and Pastor Dave said he marched over there. He didn't know what he was doing. Never fixed a vacuum before. And just, just did some things and started working again. Full of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We can do those things. It's kind of like when I spend time I spend time on the golf course during the summer. I, I get to be a pretty good golfer. Um, but when I don't spend time on the course, I'm a very bad golfer. Right? When we spend time with Jesus, amen, we become better at life. When we spend time with Jesus, we become a better parent. When we spend time with Jesus, we become a better spouse. When we spend time with Jesus, we become, we become a better student. Amen. We start to study more. And when I say spend time with Jesus, I don't just mean, I'm going to read, read, skim, All right, I'm done, what can I do next? No, spending time with the Lord, it means like meditating on his word, Amen. thinking about him throughout the day, Amen. seeking a relationship, not just seeking to read, but to seeking, seeking to um, have him speak into your life. Amen. Not having to say, well, I don't really like this part of the world. I'm going to skip over that. But actually having a relationship. Working on a relationship with him. Hallelujah. Like I just said, uh, seeking the Lord isn't just about reading our Bible because we feel obligated to. Because we have this uh, Bible reading schedule and I want to be able to check off the boxes so it looks nice. No, seeking the Lord is seeking a relationship with Him. When we seek the Lord, we're actually seeking the relationship. Amen? We strengthen our relationship with Jesus as we read, as we pray, as we fast, as we listen to worship music, as we sing, as we pray in tongues. What are we doing? We're seeking seeking God. We're seeking God. We're seeking God. Amen. You know, He's always seeking you. Bible says he's standing at the door and knocking at our heart. He doesn't get tired of knocking. He'll he'll knock at your heart for as long as you're on this earth. He doesn't get tired of seeking us. He always wants to have that relationship with us. Pastor Dave always says, 
you know, with the woman with the issue of blood, that there were a lot of people that day that bumped into Jesus, right? He was getting, there was, there was multitudes around him, pushing him, bumping into him, but only the one woman touched him. Only the one woman touched him, right? Only had a few, even throughout his whole ministry, there's only a few that had an actual relationship with Jesus. Right? Even though thousands, thousands saw miracles, thousands saw healings, thousands got touched by the Lord, only a few had a relationship. And that's the thing, you know, we think, well, the Lord did a miracle in my life, that must mean I have a relationship with Him. That does not mean you have a relationship with Him. Because we serve a gracious God who, who... He loves doing miraculous things in your life. No matter if you're following her or not, He loves to do miraculous things in your life. He loves to heal. We serve a God who loves to heal. He loves to rejoice when we, uh, when we have our healing or have our miracle. Thank you, Lord. So we don't want to just be around Him. but We want to know Him. We want to be in that inner circle with Him. Amen? I always love the verse... Um, when the demon says, well, Jesus I know, but Paul I know, but who are you? Right? The demons should know your name. That's how close you are to the Lord. That's how much you should look like Jesus, right? Is that the demons know, wait a minute, I know this person. Um, they can do some damage, right? <laughs> and we want to, we, again, we don't want to just be around him, but we want to be with him. We want to hear him and listen to him. Let's go to Luke 10, verse 38. You guys know this story. It happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat down, sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. So so this is Martha's house. Martha probably invited Jesus over. Hey, come, we'll, you know, I'll make some, some dinner. Um, come over, we can hear you teach. We can talk about your travels, your ministry. Right? Um, but in this particular instance, it was Mary who was actually seeking that relationship. Right? She was seeking that relationship with him. And notice what Jesus says. He says in verse 42 that, that above else, above all else. Okay? Um, he didn't say that. I'm saying that. Above all else, amen, Mary has chosen the good part. One thing that is, that is needed above everything else is the good part. Amen. What's the good part? It's the relationship. She chose the relationship. Over the busyness of the world, she chose the relationship. Amen. It's essential to our life. Fellowship with, with the Lord is essential to our spiritual life. Physically and spiritually, we need to have, we need to have fellowship with the Lord. Remember, Jesus taught the disciples to pray, and, and one of the part of the prayer was, give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread. Why did, why did the Lord uh, um, put... You know, prayer and, and scriptures and everything's with bread. Well, because we need food daily, don't we? We need the Word daily. We need the Holy Spirit um, to fellowship with the Holy Spirit daily. Our daily fellowship. When I sit down to eat, I don't know about you guys, when I sit down to eat, I don't just look at the food. I don't just smell the food. 
I don't say, man, that looks really good, and then, uh, and then throw it in the trash. I don't do that. I want to partake of the food. Like, oh, Lord, thank you for this food. It smells great. Looks great. I'm going to eat it. I want to eat the food. Amen. When we're with the Lord, we don't want to just uh, see, wow, man, Lord, you're really good. That's awesome. Lord, we just, you're so good. Put that there. What's on, you know, no, we have a relationship. We, we constantly want to, uh, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. We want to taste and see that the Lord is good in our life. Amen. We want to be invested. When we read or pray, we don't want to just read it or just say the prayer, but we want to be invested. And that's how the Lord sustains us. If I don't eat, if I don't eat food, I'm not, physically I'm not going to be sustained, am I? And we have, there's fasts and different things you can do um, for the Lord. But uh, if, and generally speaking, if I'm not eating, I'm not I'm wasting away. I mean, you can't tell it now that I'm wasting away, but I would be wasting away if I didn't eat food, right? It's the same thing with the Lord. Spiritually, you waste away when you don't, uh, when you don't have time with Jesus. When you don't have quality time with Jesus. Amen. Quality time with Jesus. Hallelujah. Get it in your spirit. Ask for understanding, and he'll give you understanding. Meditate on it. I think it's one thing that, that I've grown a lot just over the last five or ten years is, is reading something. If I don't understand it, I used to maybe just put it away. But now I'm, I'm, I want to understand. Lord, what did you mean right here? Like, I want to understand the word. I want to understand uh, why the Lord did this in this situation but maybe in another situation, uh, he did something different. Yeah. Right. I want to understand uh, the love that passes all knowledge and all understanding. Yeah. Amen. That's what, we, that's what we want to get to. Yeah. And none of us are there. I mean, we can't say that we've attained or, or apprehended the full calling, but we can continue to climb. Yeah. Amen. We can continue yeah. to uh, get closer to him. Amen. Joshua 1.8 says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe what to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and you'll have good success. Amen. And so again, in the Old Testament, um, you know, they meditated on it because it was, one of, it was, it was a law to do, right? Um, you know, I'm sure they wanted to get closer to God, but, but as long as they knew the Scripture, all the, all the Pharisees knew the Scriptures. Right, they knew all the law. They they could probably recite it um, from the beginning book to the ending. Right, they could recite all that was in there. Um, but how many times did Jesus say, "No, you don't understand what you read. You don't understand what I was saying, or you don't want to understand what my Father was saying." You can know the word, but you want to understand the word. Meditate on it, not just to physically keep his commandments, but to get to know his heart. Again, that's a relationship. Angela and I, we have a relationship. We, we strive, we want to know each other's heart. With Jesus, we want to know his heart. Lord, tell me again, what, what do you think about me? We want to know his character. We want to know uh, the ins and outs of how good he is. Praise the Lord. Get to know his love. Understand 
Understand what your salvation means. What, what do I have in this salvation? I know I'm saved, but what do I have in salvation? Oh, there's a lot that we have in salvation. Man, you could preach a whole year. or You could preach more than that, but just on different topics of, okay, through salvation we have this. And then in two weeks I'm going to talk about in salvation we have this. And you could spend many messages talking about what we have with our salvation. But it requires action. Again, Psalm 34.8 says, Taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. So it requires action on our part. It requires a willingness, doesn't it? We have to want to know him. We have to, we have to taste and see. Okay? I'm not sitting there with my hands behind my back, getting fed by the Lord. Right? No, I'm taking, taking the word and I'm eating it myself. Right? Eating the word myself. Tasting it. Hallelujah. One more thought here, and then I'm going to close. And I want to have some prayer at the end here. Um, just for anybody, but specifically, you know, uh, for people that don't feel like they're as close to God, maybe as they used to be, or um, they don't have a relationship like they want. But just a, a couple more things here. I'm going to close. You know, we serve such a gracious God, don't we? I mean, he's so gracious. Even in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the Israelites would cry out, to the Lord. Remember, they, they, they turned to evil and they cry out and the Lord would deliver them. And then they turn back to evil and then they cry out and the Lord would deliver them. <clears throat> Man, and, uh, you know, you can either look at the Old Testament through the Old Testament lens of judgment or you can look at the Old Testament through a New Testament lens of grace. Because really, when you look at the Old, old Covenant, you see all the grace that God gave uh, to people. Amen. Um, but no matter what they would do, how evil they became, he would help them, wouldn't he? There'd be a miracle that would happen in their life, in their city. Um, he'd raise somebody up who we would say, that person's unqualified. You know what he's done with us? He's raised us up even though we were unqualified. Right? It's the same thing today. It's no differently today how people sometimes treat the Lord. Um, People sometimes use them as like a get-out-of-jail-free card. So live how they want to live, and then maybe something, a crisis happens, and they call on the name of the Lord. The Bible says we call on the name of the Lord, and we shall be saved, right? So somebody will call on the name of the Lord, and, uh, and the Lord will come through with a healing, with a miracle, with um, something, financial blessing. And then we're all set, and we take the Lord, and we put him in our back pocket again, and uh, until we need them again, until we need more help, right? And because he's gracious, again, he shows up. Because we're living in the time of grace, he shows up in our life. There's, again, there's a healing miracle. Life gets better. Hallelujah. But then people put him away until they need him again. But really, when, you, when we do that, we don't really know him, Right? We're not really seeking a relationship. We're seeking a get-out-of-jail-free card. We're seeking our life to be better without having a relationship with him. <clears throat> right? Um, people who do that, they don't really know him. They don't recognize his voice. Right? Because you can, somebody can have a miracle and say, I don't know how it happened. They can call on, them, they can call on God for their miracle. Miracle happens, and somebody's like, wow, that's really cool. And they're like, yeah, I, I'm not sure quite how it happened, but it happened. Even though the Lord's saying, maybe not saying, but he's, he's down here and he's saying, hey, I did this, right? I did this. 
but they don't truly change. They don't recognize his voice. They don't, they don't want to truly change. They just want their life to get better. Right? I think a lot of times we, we want our life to get better without, better without putting in the work. And when I say work, I mean the work on the relationship. Right? We, want, we want to know more of the scripture. We want to have a better relationship with him. We want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. But it's like, eh, I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I'll read my Bible tomorrow. Or, or um, you know, I think my relationship's okay with the Lord. We don't want that attitude, though, do we? We, want, we always want to be striving for a better relationship. Even if our relationship's awesome. We want to be striving for a better And I'm talking to myself here. I'm talking not to everybody here, but I'm talking to myself. Right? We want to continue to seek after him. Last scripture, Jeremiah 29, 12 and 13. <clears throat> he says, Then you will call on me and go out and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And, I will, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Search for me. I love that last part. When you search for me with all your heart. Search for me with all your heart. You know, when we're reading the Old Testament, we have to discern uh, what stays in the Old Covenant and what is, comes over to the New Covenant. And this is something that can come over to the New Covenant, can it? Yep. We seek Him, we find Him, and we search for Him with all of our heart. Yes. He wants our heart, amen? He wants us to, um, to give our heart to Him. Amen. We want our whole heart to be involved. And He wants to have your heart. He wants to have your attention. Just like I, I said the example, if I'm on my phone and somebody's talking to me, I'm not really paying attention. I don't have my, all my attention on them as they're talking. But he wants our attention on him. Amen? Yes. Amen. Again, Acts 2.21 says, Those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But that's not the only time we want to call on him. Amen? We don't just want to call on him when we need to be saved. Right? Yes. We don't want to just call on him when we're in trouble. We don't want to just call on, you know, pastors would always say, um, if you can't worship him here, you're not going to worship him in the emergency room. Yeah, right? So that when we, when we have that daily relationship and we seek him daily, yeah. amen, then the things that we do in our personal life and in our, in our quiet time are going to carry over when something happens in our life. Amen. They're going to carry over. We're going to remember when something good happens. We're going to remember to be thankful. We're going to remember that it's Him. Uh, we're going to remember that uh, that person that got saved through my ministry, your ministry, um, all the glory goes to God. Amen? Those little things, those, those intricate details, and, he's going, and he, he loves that. He loves when we acknowledge Him. He loves when we talk about Him. Hallelujah. We're going to call on Him daily. Give Him our whole heart. Give Him your praise. Give Him your love. Tell Him your secrets, which He already knows, but tell Him anyways. Amen? Talk with Him. Share your victories and your successes with Him. Share your weaknesses and your failures with Him. And He knows all these things, but He still wants you to talk with Him. He still wants you to tell Him what's going on. Amen. He wants you to... He wants you to converse with him. He wants to, and he wants to talk with you, right? So prayer time shouldn't just be me talking to God the whole time and telling him all about me, right? But prayer time is, all right, 
I'm done. I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to what he has to say to me. I'm going to listen to what he's telling me. Something that's going to um, not just uh, be beneficial to me in my life, but something that's going to draw me closer to him. Something that's going to make me uh, want to seek him more, want to have a relationship with him. Amen? But we have to seek it. And when we do that, we're gonna, you're going to find his heart. You're going you're gonna to grow in his love. Amen. We want to seek that relationship. You can put on some soft music, Steve, here. Um, and we're going to just have a time of prayer, just real quick. Um, but I just, I really, I just feel strongly that there's some, some in here that would say, I love Jesus. Um, I have a relationship with him but it's not where I want it to be. And I was put some music on in the back there. Um, and if that's you, <clears throat> maybe we can have some, some prayers come up. Um, Deb, if you want to come up and pray. Roger, if you want to come up and pray here. Um, you know, it, it's good <clears throat> if we don't know how to do it. Yeah, we have the Holy Spirit. But you, and you can also... Talk to people that have been there, people that have gone through struggles, people that have gone through difficulties and have persevered and have maybe a relationship with the Lord that uh, is strong. Now, we're always going higher, right? But, um, but it's strong. Isaac, if you want to come too, you can come and, and be a prayer here. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you have invested interest in us. Or that you want to be closer to us. That you want to have a relationship with us. That you want us to seek you diligently, Lord. That you want to reward us when we're a diligent seeker of you. Hallelujah. So if that's you, just come on, come on down. Come on down here. Um, if you want a more personal relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Or if you have healing needs, if you have a prayer need, you can come as well. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to come, come down too and And so uh, we'll close the service right now if anybody needs to leave. But I just want to bless you in Jesus' name. I want to bless your families. I want to bless your day. And uh, I just pray that the Lord's working in your life. That you know how much he loves you, how much he cares about you. And that he has good plans for you. That goodness and mercy follow after you all the days of your life. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.